You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. If they believe that God is mad at them, they're going to get as far away from God as they possibly can. God's not mad. God took all of His anger, all of His wrath, and He put it on His only begotten Son, Jesus the Christ, who paid in full for all of our sins on that cross, so that Paul in Romans 8, 1 could write, There is therefore now no condemnation. How would you describe your evangelism or witnessing techniques? Are you soft-spoken, eager to listen and understanding? Or would you say you're quick to speak, slow to listen, and overall filled with anger? In today's message, Pastor J.D. will remind you that it's the love and grace of God that draws people to Him, not wrath and fury. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 117 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We come down so hard on the non-Christian. They need to repent. Well, how's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? You know, there's this verse in Romans 2, 4. I'll tell you, it... The Lord is so faithful to remind me of this verse when I get on my high horse of piety and spiritual pride and look down on the non-Christian with disgust and disdain. It's Romans 2, 4, and it says this, it is the kindness of God, the kindness of God, not the disdain of God, that leads a man to repentance. It's the kindness of God. You know, Jesus, when He came, said, I did not come to condemn the world. I came to seek and to save those who are lost. We are to reach the Gentile, if you will. We're to reach all peoples, be a blessing to all peoples. We're to win them. You know, sometimes I think, ah, I've got to be careful here. I don't want to dig myself into a puka I'll never get out of, which I do very often, by the way. But I think sometimes we, we win the battle, but lose the war. You know what I mean by that? I mean, we, we have this adversarial relationship with the non-Christian. And we get into this argument, and I'll tell you what, we're going to win that argument. I don't care what it takes. Well, we might walk away winning that argument as far as we're concerned, but I'll tell you what, we've, we've lost them. We've lost them. We've lost the ultimate war in the end, and it is a spiritual war. It is spiritual warfare. It is a spiritual battle. We wrestle not against people, against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness, wickedness in high places. Paul delineates between four different entities 
there in Ephesians chapter 6. It's the kindness of God. It's the grace of God. It's the love of God. It's the mercy of God that woos people to himself. See, if I think God's angry with me, and are we not representatives of God in this respect? We're ambassadors for Christ. We represent Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And if we come off like we're angry at the sinners, well, that's a representation of God. Now, think about this. If they believe that God is mad at them, well, how's that going to bring them to God? Listen, growing up, if my dad was mad at me, which was like most of the time, I would stay as far away from him as I possibly could. I would try to wake up after he left in the morning, and I would try to be in bed before he got home at night, just because I didn't want, I didn't want to be around him, because he was so angry with me. I didn't want to be there for his wrath. Well, that's what it is like for and with our Heavenly Father. If they believe that God is mad at them, they're going to get as far away from God as they possibly can. God's not mad. God took all of His anger, all of His wrath, and He put it on His only begotten Son, Jesus the Christ, who paid in full for all of our sins on that cross, so that Paul in Romans 8, 1 could write, There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Please don't misunderstand me. There is a very big difference between conviction and condemnation. Stay with me, because this is actually a litmus test that has served me very well over the years that I've been walking with the Lord. I know it's the Holy Spirit when I am drawn closer to the Lord in conviction, and I know it's not the Holy Spirit when I am distanced from the Lord in condemnation. That's the litmus test for me. So if there's this still small voice speaking to my heart, convicting me, not condemning me, convicting me. This is hurting you. This is harmful to you. This is something that has taken up resonance in your life that God wants to deliver you from, because it's coming in between you and Him. It's got to go. And God is so gentle in the way that He deals with us, isn't He? He is so gentle. He is so long-suffering, slow to anger. <laughs> Again, as Gail Irwin always says, much better than I. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he doesn't have a short fuse. He's slow to anger. God is not angry with us. And so here, the Israelites, instead of being a blessing to all peoples, instead of representing their God to all peoples, the Gentiles, they actually hated them with an anger. Enter the person of Jesus Christ. Paul writing 
in Galatians, the third chapter, verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Doesn't matter if you're an Arab or a Chinese, thankfully an Arab, (laughs) especially an Arab, a Chinese, a Japanese, a Vietnamese, a Hawaiian, a Portuguese, you fill in the blank. In Christ there is no distinction. Don't you find it interesting that Paul would write by the Spirit of God and say, Uh, Oh, by the way, those of you who pray, thank you, God, I wasn't born a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. He pretty much takes care of that right here, doesn't he? In Christ, there's no distinction between Jew or Arab or Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. This movement, I don't want to go there. Time doesn't permit maybe another topic for another time, but man, What is happening in this world today, and even in the church today, when men abdicated their responsibility, it was the judgment of God to raise up a woman. It was not a good thing, because there was no man that would take that leadership and heed that call. And so the woman had to rise up. God had to raise up a woman over the man. It was really, some see it, as the judgment of God on the man abdicating his God-given authority. And now what we see in the church today, it's unbelievable. I, I don't even want to go there. I'll, I'll get in a bad mood. And I'm actually in a pretty good mood tonight. <laughs> I find it interesting that the Apostle Paul would quote Psalm 117 in the context of accepting one another as Christ accepts us. Listen to what he says. It's in chapter 15. I'll read verses 7 through 13. I want you to notice as I read this, you can follow along, notice how he connects the dots of Jews accepting Gentiles and vice versa, to how we treat one another in our praise of the Lord. Accept one another, he says, verse 7. Then, just as Christ accepted you. How about that? In order to bring praise to God. Think of it this way. If we're bickering one with another, we're not loving one another, which by the way is the mark that they're going to know that we're His disciples is by our love one for another, right? So if we're backbiting and backstabbing and gossiping against people, mistreating people, ask the Corinthian church about that. It it was very serious. God takes this very seriously. Uh, James says it this way, (laughs) pretty intense. He said, you know, with that ugly tongue in our mouths, we, we curse people, and with that same tongue, that filthy tongue, we praise God. Do you think God accepts that praise from that tongue? Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, 
so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed. And, verse 9, moreover, that the Gentiles, Gentiles, might glorify God for His mercy, as it is written, and he's quoting Psalm 117, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Again it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, Gentiles, with His people, the Jews. And again, verse 11, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol Him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. You know who that's talking about? Jesus the Christ. In Him the Gentiles will hope. By the way, I'm proceeding with the presupposition that you know that a Gentile is a non-Jew. So unless you are of Jewish descent, is anybody, can I ask anybody here that knows you're Jewish? It's okay, you can raise your hand. We, we love the Jewish people, you know that, right? <laughs> okay, so none of you. I probably have more Jewish DNA in me than any of you. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that, but uh, you know, because I'm from the same, you know, they're my uh, uh, fraternal cousins. You know, I come from uh, Esau, and uh, they come from uh, Jacob. So we're the same uh, DNA. Don't tell them that. They don't want to hear it anyway. So every single one of you here, myself included, would be considered Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. It's an all-encompassing label, for lack of a better word, I use that word carefully, of any people that is not Jewish. That's what the Gentiles are. Verse 13, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. All peoples. Praise the Lord, you Gentiles. Not you Gentiles. No. (laughs) I came out totally wrong. You know, it's not what you say, it's how you say what you say. So, all right. Psalm 118. This is an amazing psalm. I don't want to, uh, well, maybe I should say, by way of a preface, that as we read through this psalm, I want you to view it through the lens of Jesus the Christ as the fulfillment. And when we get towards the end of it, you'll start recognizing uh, some of the uh, verses here. So verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, His mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, His mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, His mercy endures forever. I called, verse 5, on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and 
set me in a broad place. Some suggest that this is Jesus calling upon God the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was in such distress that he perspired his own blood. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Verse 6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better, verse 8, to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surrounded me, yes, they surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees, verse 12. They were quenched like a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Verse 17, I shall not die, but live. Again, some suggest that this is Jesus referring to the crucifixion and the burial and then the resurrection where he will rise and live again and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely. Now some people get their gears jammed with that one, and rightfully so. But you have to understand that Jesus took upon him the sin of all mankind. But he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you, for you have answered me and have become my salvation. Verse 22. Now here's where it gets really interesting. I want you to hang on to verse 22, because I want to uh, talk a little bit more about that in a moment. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. That's Jesus Christ. And again, we'll see that here in a moment. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now this is a a very well-known verse, right? We sing this. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Is that how it goes, David? Help me out. Where's David when you need him? (laughs) You know that we sing that, and when our boys were young, my wife would always wake them up with that song. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't want to get up. This is the day the Lord has made. Actually, and again, I hope this doesn't jam your gears, 
But this is referring, many believe, present company included, to the day that the Lord had made for Jesus to go to the cross. Yeah, kind of changes the, wow, way, way to be a Debbie Downer pastor. I, I, that was, I love that, and now you've completely ruined that. Well, that was the day. This is the day. The Lord made this day for this purpose. And now we will rejoice and be glad in it. And verse 25, I think, supports this. Listen to what it says. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Now, verse 26, I also believe, supports this day being the day that we rejoice in that Jesus once and for all, as the sacrifice for all mankind, was slain for the sins of the world. That is the day that we rejoice in, that the Lord has made, and we're glad in. Verse 26, you're going to know this one. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the triumphal entry. As they're waving the palm branches. He's riding on a donkey, prophetically fulfilling prophecies that only he could fulfill. And he's riding this donkey. He's making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on his way to the cross. And everybody is praising him and singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then all the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Pharisees too, <laughs> they, they are telling Jesus, tell them to shut up. Sorry if you don't like that word. Remember years ago I used that word. I'm, I, I'm not, you know, I don't use it a lot, but sometimes I think it just, you need to say that. And I had somebody, this is on the mainland in my church there that I uh, pastored. And this uh, sister in Christ came up to me. She said, you shouldn't say shut up, pastor. I said, well, why? She said, you know, it's a, it's a bad word. You know, I grew up and you don't say shut up. So, wow, I, not in my home. <laughs> that was, uh, anyway, I digress. So they were telling Jesus to silence them. They're, they're, they're saying, blessed is he who comes in the name. And Jesus says, excuse me, I mean, this is a very loose paraphrase, but if they don't shout, the rocks will cry out. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours, and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study, and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. 
Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.